Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. So long to ticket block seating at the ACC tournament. <laughs> A tradition ends, Joe. Yeah. Josh Goodson, our friend, posted, got an email from the Wolfpack Club. Sure. Tickets new for 2023. Each school will receive tickets intermingled around the Coliseum, giving every school equal seating options. Yeah. There are no longer designated school sections, i.e. block seating. And I ask you, sir, why? Well, you, you, this, this feels you, like you, Jim Phillips changing things for the sake of changing things again. Look, man, I'm telling you right now that when John Swafford, the former ACC commissioner, retired, there was a contingent of old Big East people that were like, about damn time. Now we can start doing the things that we want to do. And Ford Jim Phillips, <laughs> Jim Phillips being one of those guys, right? I wonder if they actually paid a consulting firm to come up with oh, this no. new seating plan. Well, I mean, they did to move from, right? from Greensboro to Charlotte when right? anybody and their mother could have told them that they were like moving to, to Charlotte. Newmark. Newmark absolutely was paid half a million dollars to come up with a new seating chart for the ACC tournament in Greensboro, I'm sure. Uh, speaking of the move to Charlotte, the ACC headquarters, uh, shout out to the city council. Uh, I believe it was the head of the city council in a meeting about the incentives that the ACC was getting to move to Charlotte asked, who's in the ACC again? Because that's kind of where we are right now. Look, man, I, I don't want to be an ass, but... Anytime something like this pops up and there's like people shake their fist at the sky and be an old man yelling at the cloud when it comes to this is just for like the ACC tournament and a lot of things that you loved about the ACC have been dead for a long time, y'all. And it's let it go. Let it go. And nobody's bringing the AV carts into the classrooms anymore, okay? Although I feel like we should probably go ahead and do that. Do you think do you think we can get some old timers to like relive how it used to be we can get them over here to the studio and bring pushing an AV cart with a with a tube television and give them some Capri Suns while they watch ACC basketball I don't understand the premise though of changing the sectional seating it just doesn't make any sense honestly to I me. think I think it has to do with demand honestly I think that's it, that's all it has to do with so you've got these blocks right so let's let's we'll use pit pit pit, okay. pit fans and um I don't know Boston me, College Boston College fans right so you got these blocks and they don't fill out those blocks and okay it, so they give them back to the league and then they're sold and they get sold so they rather just forget it let's just go and do this yeah it's i don't know man i don't know i don't know why the acc does half the things they do anymore. okay supported by newmark half a mil is probably low in a consultant fee to figure out how to go about ticket sales Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Kane's back in action tonight against the Minnesota Wild. You'll have that game on 99.9 The Fan. Stormwatch with Adam Gold, 6.30. Followed by the Aftermath. Kane's Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company. Morning After Pod will be in your podcast platform of choice when you wake up. Because Gold doesn't sleep. 
We're getting closer to the trade deadline. I know we're th there's a couple things related to the Canes that are frustrating and intriguing. Uh, let's get to the frustrating part first, and the Canes are even frustrated by this. Yesterday marked one month until the stadium series game at Carter-Finley Stadium. Uh, if you drive past North Hills, you'll see a gigantic Sebastian Ajo image that they've plastered on the side of the of the glass of the of the building pretty cool so downtown raleigh's got the stadium series stuff up we'll have a fan fest we'll be out there we know hootie and the blowfish are going to be playing good time but one thing we don't know about the stadium series is what the hell the uniforms are going to look like and the canes in a bit of a a, a a social media show of frustration said stop asking us about the uniforms we don't know spoiler alert they do know they're just waiting on the NHL and Adidas to actually reveal them. Why they've been waiting this long to unveil the uniforms for the stadium series, your guess is as good as mine. Is it disrespect for the Canes? Is it the lack of hype? I buy that. That typically happens with anything related to the NHL in this market, despite the fact that this market has a long history of showing you that we give a damn about this stuff. But hopefully we'll get a glimpse of what this uniform looks like relatively soon so we can stop looking at the maybe fake ones that I've seen on the internet. Regardless, trade deadline is of interest and in, was it Bo, Bo Harvath or Harvat, I believe is how you pronounce it. Horvat, sorry. Uh, he's with Vancouver. He's an unrestricted free agent. Jim Rutherford, the former general manager of the Carolina Hurricanes, former Pittsburgh uh, general manager, now with Vancouver. They're not going to sign into a long-term deal. So he is being looked at as a piece to move as they go through a rebuild. Cool. Would the Canes actually be involved with this? Would they add this piece to bring a dude, another dude, for the playoff push? I mean, I guess. But the question, Julio, is at what cost? I don't see the Carolina Hurricanes giving up a valuable piece to bring on a rental. Not unless they could also work out a contract with him. Mm -hmm. It seems kind of complicated. I'm with that. I don't see it happening. Like, we had a Hey Joe question, and it was, Hey, um, Seth Jarvis, under no circumstances do you trade the baby of the year for Bo Harvey. Uh, especially at the rate that they have, man. Yeah, especially that. Speaking of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, on the broadcast last night, there was an alleged fart. So let's, Jillio's got the wrong headphones on. Dennis and I have the right headphones on, so we'll probably have a better opportunity to hear this fart on the broadcast. Dennis, please play the clip. Now a neat play by Cole to get the puck to Kalorn, and he backhands it down the ice. <laughs> Is that you? No. Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, okay, so question. Was that an actual fart? Is that a noise a butt would make? That did not sound like a noise a butt would make. It seemed really loud. It seemed like it was somebody having a, an actual horn or maybe a blow horn that didn't go off. It ran out of gas. Like, that ran out of that gas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can we hear it one more time? Down the ice. <laughs> that sounds like, it, like a, an air horn. Not, yeah, it's way too loud. Not a butt trumpet. All right, next up. After 23 years with Notre Dame, men's basketball coach Mike Bray will, quote, step away from the program at the end of the season. The Fighting Irish have been struggling this year. They're 1-5 in, in league play, but they did make the tournament last year. Here we go, though, Joe. Once in the last five years, Notre Dame has only made the tournament once in those five years. And Bray, though, 
always going to be number one in everyone in the media's book because he is the best talker in the league. He is. Also led the Fighting Irish to the ACC title in 2015 and uh, back-to-back trips to the final eight, losing to Kentucky in 15 and then Carolina in 16. So nothing to sneeze at there for Mike Bray, also the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history. I would say that he was also the best-dressed coach in ACC history. The man wore shorts. He had big... (laughs) That dude had big dad energy. Like, he just came in from mowing the lawn to go coach a basketball game at Notre Dame. And when they did the Maui stuff, his Hawaiian shirt choices were off the charts. Mike Bray's going to be missed. I don't know if it's just by me and the media, but Mike Bray is going no, to be missed. No, he's going to be missed. And uh, I, I feel like in, in due time, as we get closer to the end of his tenure at Notre Dame, we can dust off a conversation we had with Bray. Because apparently him and Roy Williams are boys. Yes. And Bray had this idea during that COVID year where he wanted to just show up in shorts and Roy showed up in the, the nicest suit. of yes. suits he had from, <laughs> from Julian's. So regardless... I'm sad that we missed out on that opportunity because that would have been quite the scene. I'm also happy that this is the way that Notre Dame's handling it. Yeah, okay, yeah. He's, they're probably telling him to go away, but let him retire or let him resign. I mean, he's meant too much to the program to be run out of town. Next up. Number two. To the NFL divisional round right around the corner. The game of most intrigue to me is the Buffalo Bills versus Cincinnati Bengals. I still like the Buffalo Bills. If Josh Allen can keep the turnovers down, Josh Allen was asked about moving forward after yet another turnover-prone performance. Three turnovers turnovers in their win against the Dolphins. Just trying to move on, be the best quarterback that I can be for the Bills. Um, obviously wanting to make good decisions, and you know there is a, a thin line between being aggressive and, and um, being a little bit reckless. So, again, just you know getting back on the right side of that line and uh, being, being smart but being, not being conservative. So that's Josh Allen, and the reason why I'm kind of selling on the Bills right now is because of him. I hate that that's the case. There's a lot of good that comes with Josh Allen, but you also have to take the bad that comes along with it, and you keep the teams in it when you have those turnovers. You can do that against the Dolphins and escape. I'm not quite sure you can do that against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Bengals defense, low-key pretty good. I know the Bengals offense has been banged up on the offensive line, but they still have Joe Burrow. They still have Jamar Chase. I like their chances if you give them the opportunities. Here's Joe Burrow on going on the road for another big game. I always enjoy going on the road. It's uh, just you and your guys. Feels like it's you against the world, and that's that's where we like to be. Do you feel like an underdog going into this game? I never feel like an underdog. <laughs> the, 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 the dismissive snort at the end, man. How can you not like that dude? Love Joe Burrow. They've won nine games in a row. Look, the start of their season was not ideal. Yeah. You know, losing overtime to Pittsburgh, then they lose to Dallas, both close games. By the time they go to Baltimore on the 9th of October, Joe, they're two and three. Well, since then, they've reeled off win after win after win, except for one no-show against Cleveland on a Monday night. They've been the best team in football for the last two months. But you know what? If you're about that life, you got to be about that life. And meanwhile, you got the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. That's another big game of interest to me. I do feel like the San Francisco 49ers uh, are recalibrated after uh, an interesting game against Seattle. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have been spending the week talking about the 90s again. That's never good. That's never good. That's never good. That's why I'm kind of liking the Niners. But here's, here's the other reason why I like the Niners to even win it all. 
or at least get to the Super Bowl. Here's Joe, here's John Lynch, uh, the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, on Christian McCaffrey, who was acquired from the Panthers earlier this year, and he's just been phenomenal for them since. He's been a, a godsend, you know. I'll, I'll tell you, everything you see on the field, um, you know, you, you you think you know a player, um, and then it's always you have a little bit of a different reality when you, when you see him up close, when they're on your team. And, um, you know, he's just as good as we ever thought he was on the field or better. I think the intelligence that he plays with is really just elite. So that's John Lynch, the 49ers GM on CMC. So here's a really dumb reason why I think the 49ers are going to get to the Super Bowl. It has to do with Matt Rule. Because if Christian McCaffrey gets to the Super Bowl, what do you think Matt Rule's going to do? He's definitely taking credit, yes. He absolutely is going to show up on the NFL Network set during Radio Row Time, hook up with his boy Peter Schrager of the NFL Network. I'm sure he's texting Peter Schrager right now like, hey, 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 hey. And Dennis, like, come on, you, you know this, is, but what's is, what is he going to say? Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I know I always knew Chris McCaffrey would be elite. And you know, because of the way I coached with the Carolina Panthers, that's the reason why he ended up. Because, you know, the last game I actually coached was against the San Francisco 49ers. So really, I auditioned Chris McCaffrey to San Francisco. Therefore, that's the reason why he got traded there. And that's why they're going to win the Super Bowl. Therefore, I should be a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. That's right. I can see Matt Rule doing that. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is asking for congressional insight, congressional help for name, image, and likeness. Well, there's one way you can make this go away. We'll explain next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group if you haven't been paying attention to the college football offseason it's been an interesting one Uh, you got coaches beefing down with fans and media Uh, the latest example is colorado assistant tim brewster who's had a two stints at north carolina Uh, he decided to go after danny cannell after danny cannell made fun of this viral video of him essentially playing simon says with his team in the in the room you got Shane Beamer earlier, the South Carolina head coach, amplifying a radio host in the upstate of South Carolina over his continued, I'm so right about this offensive coordinator I hired. Like big buyer's remorse energy from Shane Beamer to the point where he's going online. Like, I don't have a receipt, but I used my credit card. Like Shane Beamer, Shane Beamer is the guy who goes on an Amazon a review site to be like, no, 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 you're using it wrong, rather than it being a faulty product, right? No, I, I know what he is. He's he's essentially a, a Tesla driver saying, no, 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 the self-driving feature totally works as my car stops in the middle of the road, causing danger for everybody. That's Shane Beamer right now, regardless. The biggest complainer or complainers are those in charge of college athletics right now as it relates to name, image, and likeness. The latest example is over a Florida signed recruit 
He's a quarterback. He's a four-star quarterback out of Pittsburgh. He originally was supposed to go to Miami. He ends up uh, signing with Florida. And the big reason why he signed with Florida is that the Gators Collective signed him to $13 million worth of deals. But there's a catch. They didn't actually have $13 million to give him. So once this quarterback understood what the deal was, he wants out of his letter of intent, which is a little trickier than being able to transfer once you're actually there. You can transfer, but it's going to cost you your one free Correct. date. So he wants out completely, no transfer penalty or any of that stuff. And I totally understand. Because Florida essentially sold this guy a bill of goods in terms of what he was going to get from the NIL collective, and they don't have that money. That's a problem. That's on the school, all right? So Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, uh, recently did a, a phone interview, and he talked about how NIL is a messy situation. He's not wrong when he says it's messy, but here's what he had to say. There's a flurry of activity early on, which was expected, and then you could tell there are a lot of people talking to, to, to young people. And, you know, you hear the stories about what's going on from offers from third parties who say they can do this. I saw an AD who said, no one's telling the truth. You know, I think the most truthful you can be, truthful you can be, is it, it is a, a messy situation where I don't think the story's fully been told about uh, the manipulation of circumstances. And you know, I'm excited that there are opportunities for people that have been created. It's interesting to watch those that do it well, do it right. Uh, but we all have a responsibility to support and protect the young people in our programs. So that's Greg Sankey, SEC Do it well and do it right. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, man, the SEC we invented, you know, the, the $100 handshake. What are we doing here? I love that. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. Do it well and do it right. That's the real problem here with Florida. They've had some other kind of recruits fall apart on them because they can't get their collective together. Yes. Now, listen, I, I don't necessarily believe these coaches or these ADs or these administrators who are sitting here saying, the coaches can't communicate with the collective. Wink, wink. No, they can. <laughs> so so they don't know what's going on. We need control. We need someone to tell us how to turn the lights on and off. And it's like, no, you really don't. You don't. You don't. So the game is the game in yes. college athletics. And now all this stuff is above board in a way. And they don't like it. Now, I do think there's a distinction here. There's what the purpose of name, image, and likeness is supposed to be versus what we're seeing play out specifically in college football and to a certain extent in college basketball. Name, image, and likeness was about college athletes realizing their value in the marketplace. And they lied to you about who this was going to affect. They lied to you about how it would affect the locker room. And when I say they lied to you, they kept talking about how this is going to be really bad for women's athletics because where's the money going to go? Well, actually, a good chunk of that money in terms of advertising dollars, influencer dollars, would go to female athletes, college basketball players, track and field, that type of soccer players, because they have large followings. Some of the most popular athletes on social media. Gymnastics. Gymnastics. A lot. Uh, some of the most followed people on social media, TikTok, Instagram, that kind of stuff, are female athletes. And they can realize their money that way. That's the purpose of name, image, and likeness. Yeah, think of it like Armando Baker. Yep. Like, he's been outstanding at North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He now, this year, will make more than a million dollars in different endorsements based based on the value of his name, image, and likeness, which before you weren't allowed mm -hmm. to do. So here come the collectives who are going to 
bend the rules or take well there what, are no rules so well, you're not really bending the rules yeah and that's another point too there are no rules and the the ncaa can try to come up with some rules but people will always find another way around it right so here we are with college administrators like greg sankey wanting and pushing for congressional oversight they, they essentially want to regulate the marketplace cap it however you want to put it and there's been no indication from those in Washington that they're interested in doing this. Therefore, they hired a new NCAA president. Uh, was it Charles? Oh, look at that. He is a governor from Massachusetts and is, is was specifically hired to try to get legislative mm-hmm. help for the NCAA. Why the NCAA can't make its, make its own rules, I have no clue. Neither do I. Well, but I-, I do have a clue because they don't want to share their revenue they don't. that they're making. And keep in mind, keep in mind. The Big Ten just signed a, a new television deal that's going to pay the conference a billion dollars mm-hmm. per year. One billion dollars per year. So this is what it comes down to. But they can't share that, Joe. They don't want to share any of that money. That's why they're having these collectives pool money together sure. from big boosters to try to get these They're passing paid. the bill to the fans again. So let's let's use the case of, uh, what was it, uh, Jaden Rashada, mm-hmm. uh, the, the quarterback at Florida who wants out because he's not going to get the $13 million from the Gator Collective. He's not getting $13 million because of his potential marketing potential, all right? He only has like 27,000 followers on Instagram. That pales in comparison to what other athletes get. He's only got 14,000 Twitter followers, and even Twitter is not a place where you make money. You make that money on Instagram. He's not worth $13 million in that regard. He's worth it to Florida, though. He's worth it to the boosters because they feel that he can help them win football games, win in the SEC. This is like somebody at the end of free agency who you're like, well, well that player's not worth 13. Yes, but they're the last available person, so, so there you go. they're going to get the contract. So there you go. Over four years, if, by the way, we should point out. If you want, if you want these signees to actually stick with their letter of intent, if you want players who end up on campus to stay around and not hit the transfer portal immediately, and you're at a loss because these collectives cannot back up what they say they're going to do for these athletes. There is a simple solution. You can just sign these players to a contract. But this gets back to your central point, that they don't want to share any of that revenue. And this is why uh, Charlie Baker, the new president, has been tasked with lobbying to get these NIL marketplace regulations and to, as Bomani Jones has always told us, and we'll talk to him tomorrow, keep the players broke. Keep the players broke. That's always the M.O., from the NCAA and from the schools. They don't want to share at all, which is strange because the reason why the value of college football, the college football playoff and these television rights continues to go up is because people really want to watch college football. They like that's without the players, there is no college football. All right. You want to see your favorite schools play like, well, let's say, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's about the, it's about the Jersey. No, it's not. If you put a bunch of just dudes out there, you probably wouldn't watch, or maybe you would cause it's your school, but not in the droves that we watch. Cause it's all tied to the NFL as well. These prospects going to the NFL, it's the free minor league. So if you want this to stop, you sign them with contracts. I just signed you this deal. You're with the school for four years. You're with the school for two years. And then when that contract's up, then you can get out of here and do something else and sign another contract if you want to. Right now, the biggest problem is that these name, these collectives are not under the control of the schools. The schools have no control over this kind of stuff, and yet it's the school. The onus is on the school to make it work, not the collective. It's all out of whack with one simple solution. Get over yourself and share the freaking money with the players and start acting like the professional league that you are. You are this already. You're not an amateur operation. You are a professional outfit. 
So start treating the players like it too. And nobody's going to run away. People are still going to watch college athletics. Don't believe me? Go look at the ratings. Go look at the television contracts. College football and college basketball aren't suffering. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, it was announced today, it's official now, that Mike Bray is going to retire at the end of the season. Notre Dame's head basketball coach the last 23 seasons, the winningest coach in Notre Dame basketball history. And honestly, a personality that the ACC needed uh, for, for basketball. And I think that's the way to look at this. If you needed further examples of the ACC you loved no longer being the thing that you loved, it's the personalities you get with coaches. Mike Bray was a big one. So in the last three years, we've seen Roy Williams call it a career. Mike Krzyzewski call it a career. And now Mike Bray calling it a career. Who is the last man standing? Who's going to outlive us all, Joe? Jimmy Behan. Jim Behan, baby. Coached his kids. He's just waiting for his grandkids now, I guess. <sighs> man, it's going to be 2025. He'll find a way to have his – or not, it's 2055, I should say – and he's going to have his, it's like uh, Futurama, yeah. where they have his uh, head, decapitated head in a floating jar, and they'll just have him coaching Syracuse basketball. Pretty much what he's doing now. Yeah, I guess it is kind of the case, isn't it? I wonder if he used that Italian gift card we sent him, the Italian restaurant gift card. It would have been nice to just get a, hey, cool, thanks. No, no thank you, no nothing. Because it was a great note, too. It was. Hey, we don't know anything about basketball, but we do know about Italian food. When the ACC moves its headquarters to Charlotte. Maybe um, he's just waiting for his first meeting in Charlotte. Maybe. How do we honor Mike Bray at the ACC tournament this year? I'm thinking Hawaiian shirts oh, and shorts the entire time. Um, what's the What's the good stuff you said we should bring him? We need to find him a Buffalo Trace or Pappy oh, yeah, or yeah. something. Oh, ooh. I might be we able, need to find him something. We'll find him a good bottle of bourbon. That's what we'll do. Because you know he appreciates that. Yes, he does. Yes. He'll, <laughs> he'll actually send us a thank you card. Yes. <laughs> Unlike Jim Beheim, who never said anything about the Italian restaurant gift card that we got for him when the ACC moved its headquarters to Charlotte. Uh, one other uh, business of sports note that I saw today, Live Golf has a television deal now. The Runaway Golf League, that was a point of fascination last summer, not because of the golf, but because who was leaving to go play for Live Golf, has signed an arrangement with the CW. This is when I learned that the CW is still in existence. What is the CW known for now? I do not know. I mean, it was the Gilmore Girls, right? And Dawson's Creek and... And uh, Gossip Girl. I don't want to wait. Gossip Girl was on CW, right? I think so. Yeah, I love Gossip Girl. DC comic book shows. 
Is that what it's for now? Yeah. Arrow, Flash. <sighs> okay. Where else am I going to watch Gotham Knights? Let's go. I miss Blair Waldorf, man. Blair was bae. So, okay, cool. They got they have an arrangement. I don't know who's going to be on the broadcast or whatnot. I still don't know if there's any actual interest in live golf other than the headlines it would get for who was leaving to go play for live golf. PGA Tour is still going to be the main driver because they have the the major tournaments that American audiences care about. But as we know, as it relates to um, Live Golf and anybody who's tied to the Saudi Investment Fund, it ain't really about that. Uh, and they've actually taken up some more stuff as of late. There was a rumor that the Saudi Investment Fund was interested in buying the WWE. That's why Vince McMahon came back uh, to the board of WWE. Now, he could still be selling it. Um, this is not a storyline in the WWE. This is like Are you real. Sure? No, it's not. It's not. It's not a storyline. Like Vince McMahon found himself out of his company because he was, I guess, laundering money to turn it into hush money for sexual harassment claims. It seems fairly normal. Uh, total, totally normal behavior for the CEO of a company. So he was pushed out by the stakeholders. And he's now come back because he always had some level of controlling interest. And you know it's bad when your own daughter says, peace out, right? Now, that what's interesting there is that Stephanie McMahon is still, she's still married to Triple H, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's not a bit. Like, that, that they're for real married. Uh, Triple H apparently still part of the creative team for the WWE. Still very creative. But last week when this news came out, there was a rumor that they were going to get lapped up by the Saudi investment. That hasn't been the case but something to keep an eye on as they continue to buy into american sports interests uh and you know what's funny is if you actually go to the wikipedia page you'll find all sorts of things that they've invested in that you might not be aware of follow the money baby follow the money so the reason i chose william peace was because of their stellar game design program it's very rare to find a game design program in the united states at all let alone north carolina and this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu.